The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome back to Sword and Scale Daily. I'm your host, Ryan Williams. It's Thursday, May 14th. Coming up on Sword and Scale Daily. In Florida, a teenage couple is facing attempted murder charges after allegedly shooting the girl's ex-boyfriend in the face. Police in North Carolina have a suspect in custody after a man was shot in the head with a crossbow on Wednesday morning. Finally, remaining in North Carolina, two suspects were arrested in connection with the murder of 22-year-old mother, Monica Moynan, who was last seen alive in early April of 2019. All this and more, coming up on Sword and Scale Daily. News 4 Jacksonville reports that 18-year-old Kayla Rittenhouse and her 17-year-old boyfriend, Blake Morris, are being charged with attempted murder. Police say that they both took part in the Tuesday shooting of Rittenhouse's ex-boyfriend outside her home in Callahan, Florida. According to the Nassau County Sheriff's Office, deputies responded to Janice Drive in Callahan at around 6.30 a.m. on Tuesday and discovered the victim shot in the face. Law enforcement say that the victim went over to Rittenhouse's home in an attempt to reconcile with her and clear up some issues between her new boyfriend Morris and himself. They alleged that the victim was standing in the driveway, conversing with Rittenhouse, who stood on her porch 20 feet away, when Morris, who had been hiding behind a trash can and armed with a sawed-off shotgun, emerged and shot Rittenhouse's ex-boyfriend in the face. The victim, who sustained serious injuries, was taken to a Jacksonville medical center. Police confirmed that he was unarmed. Investigators told the Florida Times Union that Rittenhouse and Morris had discussed shooting her ex-boyfriend if he came by her house prior to Tuesday's incident. They are both being charged with attempted murder, and Morris also faces weapons charges. They are being held without bail. Our next story brings us to North Carolina. Following a manhunt, authorities in Burke County have apprehended 28-year-old Siegbert Ziggy Jackson, who was accused of shooting a man in the head with a crossbow. 
The victim suffered life-threatening injuries. According to the Burke County Sheriff's Office, the shooting happened at approximately 9.45 on Wednesday morning in a house on Hunterwood Drive. The address is Jackson's last known place of residence. Following the shooting, Jackson was seen leaving the scene on foot. According to WSOC-TV, the victim was taken to a local hospital with the arrow still in his head and was later airlifted to a trauma center. At 10.30 a.m., police sent a reverse 911 call to all the residents of the neighborhood, letting them know that they were hunting for the suspect, who is said to possibly be in the company of 20-year-old Joseph Jackson Reese. Although the crossbow used in the attack was left behind in Jackson's home, residents were warned that both Jackson and Reese were considered armed and dangerous. The call instructed locals to stay inside and lock their doors, and also described the suspects and asked the community to inform police if they spotted them. About three hours later, at around 1.30 p.m., Jackson was captured, hiding on a neighbor's porch, not half a mile away from the crime scene. Police say they still want to talk to Reese, but have not said whether they continue to look for him. The sheriff of Burke County told WSOC-TV that he believes that Jackson intentionally shot the victim in the head. According to the North Carolina Department of Public Safety, Ziggy Jackson has a rich criminal history, including prior convictions for larceny, DWI, drug offenses, speeding to elude arrest, and assault on a woman. He also has multiple prior convictions for assault with a deadly weapon. After the break, two suspects are arrested in connection with the murder of North Carolina mother Monica Moynan, whose remains have not been found. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, for our final story of the day. 22-year-old Monica Moynan was reported missing from Holly Springs, North Carolina in July of 2019. She had last been seen alive in early April, but had continued to text family members and post to social media. Last October, despite not finding Moynan's body, police announced that they were treating the case as a death investigation with suspicious circumstances and identified 44-year-old Brian Sluss, Moynan's ex-boyfriend with whom she shared two children and his ex-wife, Jarlin Sluss, as persons of interest in the case. In March of this year, Brian Sluss was declared a suspect. Last Tuesday, he was arrested for Moynan's murder and this week, his ex-wife Jarlin Sluss joined him in jail. On July 23, 2019, Moynan's mother and her apartment manager both reported her missing after not having heard from her in four months. 
Moynin's mother added that Brian Sluss, her daughter's ex and the father of her children, had been texting her, pretending to be Monica, and that no one except Sluss had seen Monica since early April. The Raleigh News Observer reports, based on an application for a search warrant, that Sluss later admitted to police that he had, in fact, texted Moynin's family pretending to be her and also posted to her social media accounts. Other warrant applications revealed that in the weeks after her disappearance, Brian Sluss was seen multiple times driving their children in Monica's car. When police interviewed him, he explained that he was using her vehicle because it had the children's car seats installed and his car did not. He told police that he last saw Monica on June 20th, almost three months after anyone else. According to Sluss, Monica had become a drug addict and he tried to get her clean, but ultimately, she sent him a text saying she couldn't do it anymore and then he never heard from her again. Monica's mother, on the other hand, told investigators that Sluss was known to be abusive and a habitual liar and that her daughter had taken out a protective order against him. According to WTVD News 11, a warrant released last year suggested a possible motive for killing Monica based on the discovery of a positive pregnancy test in Monica's home. Quote, We believe that Monica being pregnant may have been a factor in the incidents that led up to her death. It was also discovered that Monica had made an appointment to see a maternal health counselor in April, an appointment that she didn't keep. Last Tuesday, after being indicted by a grand jury, Brian Sluss was taken into custody at his parents' house in Virginia and extradited to Wake County, North Carolina. He's been charged with murder and is being held without bail. This Tuesday, Sluss's ex-wife, 36-year-old Jarlin Elizabeth Sluss, was also arrested. She's been charged with accessory after the fact of first-degree murder and with obstruction of justice. Authorities allege that Jarlin lied to investigators about her contacts with her ex-husband following the murder. She did not initially disclose that the day after police believed Monica was killed, that her ex-husband called her in an emotional state and talked about which of his possessions he wanted to leave each of his children, as if planning his estate. Police say that based on GPS records, Brian went to his ex-wife's home four times in April and May, and twice more in July. Brian allegedly lied to police about one of the trips he took in July, saying that he had gone to visit his parents, when in fact, he was visiting Jarlin. Brian stated that he had been thinking about getting together with his ex-wife. According to court documents, he also told detectives that he had asked Jarlin to call Monica's apartment manager, pretending to be Monica. On Friday, Holly Springs Police Chief John Herring told the Raleigh News Observer that authorities have a solid case against the couple and are confident, despite not having found Monica's remains, quote, When you don't have a body, there's a lot of evidence that needs to be collected to confirm that the person is not still alive. Chief Herring added that police found, quote, a significant amount of physical evidence. Jarlin Sluss's bond has been set at $750,000. Before we go, we have some new details about the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that Gregory and Travis McMichael, the father and son charged with Arbery's death, had a prior confrontation with him approximately two weeks before the shooting, according to neighbor Diego Perez. Perez told the Journal-Constitution that on February 11th, he witnessed the accused in a confrontation with Arbery at a home under construction that is right by his house. According to Perez, on the night of February 11th, a motion sensor-activated camera at the construction site sent a video to the cell phone of Larry English, the owner of the house who lives hours away. English had asked Perez to keep an eye on the site because of his close proximity. He forwarded him the video, which reportedly showed Arbery walking through the site. Perez said that they had seen the man in prior videos, but nothing was ever taken or damaged. 
English noted that he never had any contact with the McMichaels and had never asked them to keep watch on the site, nor did he ever share surveillance footage from the site with them. Perez stated that on the night of February 11th, as he walked toward the site, he saw Travis McMichael driving his truck from the other direction and stopping at the site. Perez told the journal Constitution that he witnessed Travis confronting the man halfway into the yard. Travis stated that the man reached for his waistband, and then Travis got spooked and went down the road. Travis then returned with his father Gregory, who had also called the Glen County Police. By the time police arrived, Arbery had left the scene. Perez saw Arbery in another video on February 23rd before he was shot, but because he did not immediately check the footage, he arrived on the scene just in the wake of the shooting. On Tuesday, in another development, Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr announced that he has asked the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to probe the actions of two district attorneys involved in the case, Jackie Johnson and George Barnhill, for possible prosecutorial misconduct. In a statement, Carr said, quote, Unfortunately, many questions and concerns have arisen regarding, among other things, the communications between and actions taken by the district attorneys of the Brunswick and Waycross circuits. In a GBI press release after receiving Carr's request, they said that, quote, Not long after Mr. Barnhill's appointment, he and Ms. Johnson learned that Mr. Barnhill's son, an assistant district attorney in Ms. Johnson's office, had worked with Mr. McMichael on a prosecution involving Mr. Arbery. Mr. Barnhill, however, held on to this case for several more weeks after making this discovery. The GBI also maintains that Barnhill advised the Glen County Police Department that, quote, he did not see any grounds for the arrest of any individuals involved in Mr. Arbery's death, a fact that he did not disclose to the Attorney General. On Monday, Carr named a new district attorney in the case, Cobb County District Attorney Joyette Holmes. That's it for today's episode of Sword and Scale Daily. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, stay safe. Sword and Scale Daily is an Incongruity Media production. Your host was Ryan Williams. Research and writing by Hagar Barak. Executive producer, Mike Boudet. If you like the show, subscribe and leave us a review. If you'd like to write us with feedback or suggestions, use the email address daily at swordandscale.com. Thank you.